Hey, this is Hannah Williams from Salary Transparent Street, and you're listening to the Let's Get Coffee podcast. Over a cup of joe, cup of tea, or whatever you please, I chat with people across a wide range of different industries and job titles about their career journeys and experiences. We get into salaries and how they fluctuated over time, what they've learned, and what pieces of advice they can share with you that were game changers to them. If you like what you hear, I would love if you would take a quick second to double check that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. And feel free to leave us a kind review if you're feeling generous. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. So what mug did you bring? Does it have any like symbolic meaning to you? Is it, what is it to you? Yes, this is actually a Starbucks mug that I got in Paris the the first time I ever went to Paris. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like in like sixth or seventh grade. So, you know, I just think of it fondly. It's got years on it. Yeah, it's got some years on it. It was like a family vacation and it's actually a full circle moment. And I'm using this cup because my mom and I are actually going to Paris later this year yes to see the queen bee so i'm excited maybe i need to like get an updated one to to commemorate that so so yeah this is the one i'm using today i love that i love how mugs have symbolic meaning and like when you just because everyone drinks coffee you know everyone is having something to drink in the morning and like the mug you choose can really change your day i think like it's like a boost i've got my larger one it's from western colorado state so i like it because it holds more coffee so it's a caffeinated friday (laughs) i love it Yeah. So, Sunia, one of the things that I love to do with our show is really digging into who you were as a kid. I feel like a lot of times we don't look back and look at, you know, what were we dreaming of? What were our dream jobs at that time? And sometimes it's really fun to reflect and see how that brought us to where we are now. So, yeah, tell me, what were you like as a kid? Did you have a dream job in mind? (laughs) Yeah, you know, as a kid, I I think that I still hold my inner child very close to how I Good. operate now as an adult. Um, you know, I was just kind of that like happy-go-lucky, bubbly kid. I had a really great mm-hmm. childhood, and yeah, as a little girl, I really wanted to be a news anchor. Like, I would make my Fine. dad use the, like video camera and like record me giving the news on like my little kid-sized awesome. table. So, you know, for a long time, I thought I wanted to go into journalism. I thought I wanted to do PR. I thought I wanted to do communications. So I think it actually is funny that I became a content creator slash influencer slash, you know, creator, coach, all the things, because I feel like it definitely resonates with who I was as a little kid, just wanting to share the information with people and keep people informed. So I'm glad that I have a platform that allows me to do that. Definitely. It sounds like that was so natural to you. I think that's funny. Like news anchors, it is kind of the same thing. Like we are delivering news in maybe in a different medium. Maybe we don't have a teleprompter, but like we're still sharing information and putting ourselves in front of people. Like media is changing all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I guess I think I was just destined to be in front of the camera, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So what did you do after when you were starting to get to college? You know, did you have a plan in mind for what you wanted to study? What was the degree you were looking at? What was your plan? Yeah. So I was really fortunate to be accepted to Barnard at a time where my college search was all over the place. So I thank the lucky stars every day that I ended up at Barnard because it was (laughs) literally my perfect fit. Like I would Mm -hmm. do college again and again, over and over as many times as I could, just because I I love the people I met, the intellectual journey I got to go on, all of the Mm -hmm. cool things I got to experience in college. 
when I initially came into Barnard, I thought I wanted to be an urban studies major. I was, Ooh. you know, I grew up in Baltimore City, so. <laughs> no way. You're from the DMV area, Yeah, too? yeah, exactly. No I'm from the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Baltimore. <laughs> yes, be more. I love it. Keep so, <laughs> growing up in Baltimore, I feel like I was seeing so many things happen that I just, I didn't have the language for, right? I didn't have the language mm-hmm. for gentrification. I didn't yeah. have the language for, you know, sociology and just some of the things that I was seeing, experiencing and wondering, well, why is it that way? And why mm-hmm. are things this way? So urban studies, I was drawn to that because really just my love for like figuring out cities and giving a language for the things that I grew up experiencing. And then that sort of pivoted when I realized that I don't think I was as passionate really about urban studies as much as I was just passionate about learning about Black people and learning about our history and our culture and and how we've come to, you know, be where we are today. So I ended up majoring in Africana studies. It was, yeah, really impactful for me just in terms of just the intellectual journey that I got to go on with that major. And yeah, I mean, when I got to senior year, I was kind of like, uh, (laughs) all of my other friends who were in the Africana studies major, a lot of them, you know, did Mellon Mays and ended up going like research academia route. I knew that that was not for me. So Mm. I think that, you know, throughout my four years at Barnard, I think I was very intentional about, let me try to get some professional experience. I tried Mm -hmm. to intern as much as I could. Every summer I was working or interning so that helped me develop some professional acumen. And then I kind of got to senior year and kind of tried to put my foot out there. Didn't really end up doing much with that job wise. So I decided to enroll in a one-year master's program at Wake mm. Forest University School good of Business. School. Thank you. And it ended up being fully funded. So that was good Amazing. too. Amazing. Oh, yeah. So that. that was, that was like what I felt like I needed. Like I had a like the most liberal arts degree of liberal arts degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I felt like I needed that like extra buffer year to just continue being a student, but also learn more like hard skills that I could then market mm. for myself and say, yeah, I know how to do Excel. Yep. I can do yeah. business analytics. Yep. I know how to read a ledger. So that mm-hmm. year at Wake Forest definitely helped a lot. I'm sure. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And only a year, at least it wasn't like three or four extra years. Yeah. And fully funded. It was intense. I will say it was I an bet. intense year, Yeah, but it paid off because I was able mm-hmm. to leverage that program and that directly helped me land my very first job at American Express. So, oh my gosh, tell and, us about it. Amex. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, when I was at Wake Forest, I was like networking my tail off. <laughs> like I was just trying to talk to as many people as possible because I really mm-hmm. didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt like I had a lot of curiosities. I felt like there were a lot of things that were interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to work in New York City. I knew I wanted mm. to make good money at that time. Like I wasn't really like pressed for six figures, but it was kind mm-hmm. of like, I know that that's an important number that I should work towards. So how can I get there the fastest given that, you know, I have this master's degree and I have Mm -hmm. this liberal arts degree. You already had a plan. I love that. Yeah, I definitely had a plan. I definitely was intentional and strategic about like, okay, I feel like there are a lot of opportunities at American Express. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I talked to was, you know, so willing to open up their network. So I just felt like it was a good fit for me. But I ended up getting connected with a young lady who essentially referred me for her job (laughs) and she worked on a product management team. And it was Uh one of those things where it was like, this role would have never been available to me if I had just like applied cold. It was because Mm -hmm. I had a strong contact at Amex of someone Mm -hmm. who was willing to talk to me anytime I had questions, willing to connect me with her team, you know, put out a great recommendation for me. And I ended up you know, in her job when she transitioned out of the company. 
So that's how I literally landed in product management in 2017, like before it was this kind of like huge discipline and super sexy, (laughs) you know, I found myself fresh out of grad school, fresh out of college Mm -hmm. on a pretty high profile product management team at a pretty high Mm -hmm. profile company, American Express. And obviously, you know, that, that set up the rest of my career in product management because I had pretty much a crash course on how to be a PM. We launched a really big product that I actually have right here. We launched the gold oh. card, the Amex gold card. And no way. That's you. Yeah. I owe you Literally. everything. <laughs> you Literally. make me look fancy. <laughs> Literally. I, I was a part of the team that made all of the foundational that's decisions sick. around like when we rebranded this card, I could tell you how much this card weighs. I remember yes. like looking over what gold we were going to use, what rose gold mm-hmm. we were going to use, what are the benefits, a lot of the marketing claims I wrote yeah. in those early days. So it was such an exciting, it was just such an exciting opportunity. I'm just forever grateful for that opportunity because here I was mm-hmm. 22, 23 years old working on something that, I mean, millions of people carry in their wallet every day. So, you know, I mean, that's definitely where I got the bug. I got the bug for product management. I felt like I learned that this was something that I was good at, something that, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, I can build a whole career around this. There are lots of opportunities here, but it was also just impactful and paid well. So that's kind of like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) hey, we're talking about the money. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure your your connect helped you so much there. Like, I bet that was much different than my experience. Like first first time out of school, didn't know anyone. I was just kind of like waiting for the salary and hoping it was worth it. But if you have someone on the inside, especially someone who is a mentor and helping you, I'm sure that was huge with the salary talk. How did that go? Did you negotiate? Did you have an idea in mind? Did she help you? Yeah. So when it came to salary, I was actually pretty happy with the salary that they offered Mm -hmm. me initially. So at that time, 2017, I came in as a senior analyst at American Express on a product management team. And Mm -hmm. my initial offer was for $68,000. Okay. And this is in 2017 Mm -hmm. with no previous work experience. That's not bad. That's pretty No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But, you know, I, I remember I had remembered things from my year at grad school and my time at a women's college and like, oh, you should mm-hmm. always negotiate. So I I don't actually remember ever reaching out to like my contact directly, mm-hmm. but I remember reaching out to the hiring manager mm-hmm. via the recruiting or HR person and just yeah. kind of being like, hey, I would love just $5,000 extra. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know where that number came from. I think in my mind, yeah. I wanted to just kind of like cement myself into like the 70K range versus 68. Yeah. So I just kind of threw that number out and wasn't really sure like what she Mm -hmm. would say, but she did agree to it, which, you know, now in hindsight, I know I could have asked for more because they probably had more, more. you know, I could have (laughs) asked for more. Whenever they say yes, that means they have more, which is so frustrating. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't know anything about negotiating at that time. It was just kind of like in my mind, I just wanted like a more round number and just like 72 sounded better than 68, but it also kind of like put me into a different, you know, range that was kind of like, yeah, this feels good as a starting point for, for my career. So that's kind of how it went. I love that. Oh my gosh. So many really cool things that you pointed out here, like having someone to help you get your first job, especially like knowing who to talk to and getting a sense of it. But also I really love that you had a not PM related degree and they they knew that you had the skills inherently 
to do this job. And you don't hear that often from corporate America doing the right thing. But here, it really sounds like they did. And I love it because I feel like so many of us don't have those hard skills that these jobs are looking for, especially straight out of college. But you have to trust that people can learn these things. Like there's a reason they went to great schools. There's a reason they have all these amazing things on their resume that may not be directly related, but they're capable of learning. And obviously, you proved them right. Like, I love it. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's what I led with. I think I, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously really valued the relationship that I had built, you know, with, with my close colleague at the end of the day, it was really her recommendation and the brand that she had built that I was benefiting from. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's something that I stress to people, no matter where you are in your career journey, finding those people who are willing to go the extra bat for you and and talk Mm -hmm. candidly to people, talk under the table and really refer and recommend you sometimes means more than like you showing up with like the perfect wish list of all the skills that they're looking for. Right. Like I think the fact that someone that was so beloved on that team made such a strong recommendation in my favor. And then to your point, they could see, okay, yeah, she has, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these accolades, whatever, but she's willing to learn. She has a curiosity. She's asking great questions. She's coachable. Like, I think Mm -hmm. those were the things that made me impactful. But then, you know, Mm -hmm. I think when I got into American Express, I also really did my best to continue to show that brand, right? It wasn't just that Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got there and turned it off. Yeah, (laughs) and turned it off. But it was kind of like, okay, like, I'm eager. I'm hungry. I want to talk to as many people as possible. You know, those were in the old, olden days where like there was no hybrid (laughs) or remote work. So like, you know, just showing up to work every day and and really just taking feedback that I was getting from people. But I will say I was also really grateful to land on a team where I had strong women leaders who literally went above and beyond for me to mentor me, to tell me everything that they knew and really coach and guide me. Like, I feel like that was so impactful. So, you know, I think relationships still matter, no matter what industry you want to go in, no matter what job title you're pursuing. I think you will always fare better in organizations and in teams where you really feel like you can learn a lot from the people that you're working under. And they really like have the capacity and willingness to see you succeed because that's critical to your success. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people talk about networking is so important and we don't thank the people that mentor us and help us network enough. Like one of the things I think of all the time is how much people in my network have helped me and been really a big part of my success. And on the flip side, I want to make sure that in my future career, I also serve as that person for people coming up behind me that I want to pass me, you know, and I want to lift them up. So it's so important to be on both sides of that, right? Absolutely. (laughs) You have a really cool career story that I want you to tell us about your job hopping and getting up to six figures. It's something I really relate to. I was a job hopper myself. And so when I saw your content, I was like, yes, another girl gets it. Like she's talking about it too. (laughs) Like this is the way to make money and really a great way to like grow in your career and experience so many things. So how long did you stay at Amex before choosing to leave? What led you to leave and what happened after that? Yep. So I was at Amex for two and a half years. So from Mm -hmm. the summer of 2017 to early 2020, I literally left as the pandemic started. Great timing. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was it was insane. I I was literally one of the first people to leave to leave Amex like in March 2020. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, it was like I built a strong brand at Amex. 
I had all of this amazing brand equity, as they would say, right? I just had mm -hmm. people all across the organization that knew me, knew the value of my work, were willing to put in a good word for me, et cetera. But I was on a team at that point. I was on, I was a product development manager. I was on a team where I loved the work. I loved what I was doing. I loved the work. I had really great coworkers on that team, but I wanted to make more money. Like at that point, I was learning more about personal finance. I was learning about wealth building. I was learning about the fire movement. And mm -hmm. I just knew like, oh my God, like that's going to set me up for success if I have yeah. more money. And people were talking about job hopping, right? I, like, I mean, mm -hmm. if you listen to enough fire related podcasts or read enough Reddit blogs or, you know, at that time it was like a lot of blogs, a lot of Reddit threads yeah. I was reading. Yeah, that content hadn't really come out yet. It wasn't yeah. as big in the because I remember when right. I started talking about it, some people were like, what the heck? And I'm like, literally, hey, yeah, it's so out it's like, there. I'm not the right. first. <laughs> it was like 2018, 2019. I was really learning. Yeah. And I just felt like by 2020, it was kind of like, okay, I feel like I can do this. I feel like I've been like, working on my money habits. I've been working mm -hmm. on living on a budget. But it's just like, whoa, if I had if I had more money, I could get at my goals faster. So mm -hmm. that is what inspired me to leave. It was kind of like I I was at American Express and I just felt like there was really a rigid expectation around compensation that mm. I just, it didn't gel with what I needed. You know, it was yeah. kind of like this idea that like, oh, hey, there are X number of people in line waiting for a promotion. You're one of the more junior people joining this team. So it's going to be Hurry a little while. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> you know, what's the rush? You know, you're doing mm -hmm. great work. Right. Um, and I just wasn't satisfied with doing another year where I'm working really hard just to get a 3% merit increase. Like that yeah. was just the reality of staying at American Express. And, you know, I think that it was initially hard for me because I definitely mm -hmm. was going against the dominant culture at Amex. Like there was this overwhelming loyalty mm -hmm. ethos that was like almost brainwashed into people yeah. at that time at Amex. I don't know how it is now, but I'm I've heard from friends that has much, much hasn't changed, but you know, it, it was that kind of culture where it was just like, people kind of looked at you one way. We we're just like, I'm going to go external or like, yeah. I vividly remember when we worked in the office, people would be escorted out of the office because they said that they were going to an external company, you know, and they would always wow. argue, Oh, it's, it's about trade secrets and keeping our business integrity. But it wasn't, no. it was to shame people that wanted to exactly in control. And, you know, I, I just, I didn't want to look back and feel like I was in the same place financially just because I was loyal to this job that I loved. Yeah. And I'll be honest, when I job, not every job that I've job top to have been better. Like the grass is not no. always greener. I'll be really mm -hmm. honest to say that. But uh, making $50,000 more money in one year, I would take those problems over, <laughs> you sure. know, making less money in a cushier job. So, yeah. so yeah, I left in 2020 again through my network. I ended up landing a job at MasterCard. I just nice. kind of put feelers out to people in my network. Um, at this time, mostly through like just going to Columbia and having friends at Columbia. And then next mm -hmm. thing you know, I got connected to someone who was also a fellow Columbia grad who was nice. like, yeah, my team is hiring. We're looking for someone just like you. Mm -hmm. And also I think what helped me again, back to my network, I had really close coworkers who worked at MasterCard who knew the hiring manager. So like they were kind of sharing things about me on the side. It just, all of these things really boosted my credibility to that hiring manager who eventually hired me. And yeah, in one year I made $50,000 more dollars, but also was able to pay off $23,000 in debt, double my net worth, save several thousand dollars to travel at the end of 2020, and then set myself up to be able to live abroad for a few years in 2021. So I just feel Amazing. like holistically, like my overall life improved. I feel like it just kind of was just like, oh, this is 
now I get it. It totally makes yeah, sense. I get right. It. So that's kind of what that was that initial job hop for me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like 18 months into that role, I realized that this job was not serving me and I wanted to do something else. And so much had changed also just in the way that we were working. And I wanted yeah. a remote job and I wanted more flexibility and I wanted to experience the benefits that I saw in tech. So I yeah. left again at the end, at the beginning of 2021 and pivoted into PayPal. And that mm-hmm. was a huge offer. I mean, I like pretty much doubled my total compensation and got all these other benefits and yeah, made the most money that I ever made. So, you know, I'm definitely a big believer in job hopping. I think more young women need to job hop because we are not getting paid what we're worth the longer that we allow our skills to just remain at one company. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like if you are like actively being promoted and moved from team to team, right? That's great. I'm not saying like (laughs) you are in the minority, but there are many of us that are sitting in roles being force fed this idea that we have to just kind of like wait our turn, demonstrate our loyalty, and we're not growing in our salary. We're not growing in our skill set. We're not growing in opportunities. And I feel like if you're in that place, especially if you're a young working woman, you have to realize that like in our 20s and early 30s, those are our primary working years, right? Yes. In terms of the money that we can make, but also how much our money can work for us by mm-hmm. investing, by mm-hmm. putting more money into the stock market, by putting more money towards retirement, right? So if yeah. I think about if I had stayed where I was at American Express, and this is no shame to like any of my coworkers that mm-hmm. have stayed in those same roles, I've made so much more money than them. And it's not about just the money, but I've made so much more money than them. I've grown my wealth significantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, this is something that I feel like is also always missing the job hop conversation. I don't come from a background where I have a financial cushion. Like I'm a young black woman that grew up in the inner city. I come from a working class background. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't have the luxury of just being able to stay in a job that I loved knowing that Mm -hmm. my skills were worth more and knowing Mm -hmm. that I, I had a window of opportunity to say, if I start now, wow, I can be a millionaire in 40 years. If I start now X, Y, Z. So I think that those things were really important to me too, that, you know, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes with job hopping, yeah, I did have to leave behind jobs that I really loved, relationships that I would love to work with those people again and again all my entire career. But Mm -hmm. sometimes I felt like I had to make those sacrifices because the opportunity to build wealth felt more urgent than kind of the need to stay at a job that, you know, gave me XYZ benefits or perks or whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I echo everything you said. I was in the similar situation. Like I personally, I hated my job. I less than it sounds like you really liked your job. No, it's, but that's real. <laughs> I definitely it, hate it a was job. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I was like, I hate my job. I'm underpaid. And I had huge student loans with like a really high interest rate. And so for me, I was like, every bit of my measly paycheck is going towards my loan payment. And because of high interest rate, it's never coming down. And I think like for a while there, like after I graduated, I was still kind of, you know, rose colored glasses, didn't really understand finances yet. Like I had never really thought of it, but I also didn't have the huge cushion, you know, to support me from my, like, my parents were like, figure it out. You're an adult, you know, yep. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> we got you here. Yeah. We, yeah. Like, there's nothing more we can do. You got to figure yeah. it out. And so I was like, I can stay at this job and hate every day that I'm here and be broke or I can leave. 
And I remember when I chose to leave my job, I'd only been there two months in my first job post-grad. The lady, the VP of the company pulled me into her office and told me, you're ruining your career making this move. Like no one's ever going to hire you again. But for me, I was like, I would die to be here another day. Like this Mm -hmm. is just not for me. And also I was switching from sales into like consulting work. And so I was like, I'm not coming back to sales. I felt like that was kind of a door that I could close. And, you know, if I burned people on the way out, so be it. You know, you have to do what's better for you especially financially. And so, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for our listeners to hear everything you said because people need to hear it, especially young women, like exactly what you said. You need more time in the stock market to make the most money. You know, if you start investing later, do it. If you haven't yet, do it. But like the sooner you get started, the more that money works for you. And so I just love everything you said. I echo (laughs) We have so so many synergies. I love it. This (laughs) is like a match made in heaven. It is. I know. I was like, I can't wait to talk to Cynthia. This is just going to be great. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. When did you start creating content as well? And like, at what point did you start making money off of that as like another income? I started making content at the beginning of 2020. And Mm. I will say the idea for finance Mm -hmm. had literally come to me in 2018. Mm. And my fears, my limiting beliefs and my imposter syndrome was so crippling that I didn't start until 2020. You know, I carried so much shame and that's something I still have to work through. Like I carried so much shame around money. I felt like I'd made so many money mistakes. Mm. I felt like who's going to listen to me? I'm not really an expert. Like just all those limiting the beliefs that didn't serve me. But at the end of the day, this idea just like was sitting on my shoulder and I just like could not get rid of it. (laughs) It was kind of like, oh my God, I would talk to my friends about it and you know, one of my friends gave me the name for finance. So it was just like, well, you're so fly and you take flights and fashion and finance. Why not finance? And I'm just like, that's it. You know, so it's just kind of like the universe is kind of sending me signs through people that are like, okay, go do it. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming when you have this idea. You're just like, where do I start? What am I doing? Right. It's scary. I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I never set out to be a huge creator. Like all of Mm -hmm. this, I feel like has truly been destiny. It's truly been just part of my purpose to help unlock this for more other women that have, you know, found me and had their lives change as a result. But I started January 2020 with Mm -hmm. zero followers. I was just mostly (laughs) talking to myself and telling my friends, oh, can you follow me? Share my post. Yeah. Oh my God. The early days. The early days. <laughs> where just, there was. Come on. The early days before reels, before when yeah. everyone just kind of like, <laughs> I made a lot of infographics in those days. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, just figuring it out and having fun. And then, you know, we all know what happened. March, 2020, the world shut down. And that was like the first time ever in my life that I felt like, oh my God, I have an opportunity to do what I want. Like I am not shuttling between back and forth. Like I'm not commuting. I'm not doing, like my life came to a standstill and all of a sudden it was kind of like, oh, like I can just keep creating and just like having fun with it. No expectations about like what's happening. And like just sharing with people, like so many people were freaked out. I'm freaked out, but hey, we're just (laughs) going to stay positive. (laughs) We're all freaked out together. We're going to stay positive. Like, you know, I had all these big goals of like, yeah, I'm going to pay off my debt. And that's what my content Mm -hmm. was about at that time. It was Mm -hmm. kind of just like, hey, I want a quest to become debt free. And I also want to travel debt free. So join me. And we're going to talk about this. Like I wasn't not talking about my nine to five. I was not Mm -hmm. talking about any of these things. I was just talking about paying off my debt. And I was giving people updates on my debt free journey and just creating accountability 
accountability for other women like me. And Mm -hmm. that's where it started. I started making Mm -hmm. money. I really wasn't making much money, but like brands are reaching out the end of that year, the end of 2020. That's really good. Yeah. The end of 2020. I had some brands reach out. Of course, you know, I was not. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel like my, my, uh, monetization journey has been, I mean, simply, well, insane. I mean, when you have the passion <laughs> and you have yeah. the drive and this energy that you yeah. so clearly and well display, like it's infectious, you know, yeah. and there's a reason <laughs> that you've blown up so much in the past few years. It's because people yeah. love what you say and you just have to keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it started. It, it's very yeah. humble, very humble beginnings. Again, I never went in being like, yeah, I'm going to like do all of these things. It was kind of like, this is something I feel like I need to hear. And I feel like there have to be other people on Instagram that like feel the same way. I felt like a voice was missing and just kind of like, I wanted to push against this, these narratives of shame that I feel like were really popularized by people like Dave Ramsey and his followers. Just like, I just didn't believe what I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that like I needed to stop traveling just because I was paying off debt. I needed to like stop enjoying life just because I was having your latte in the morning. Yeah. I I didn't believe that. I felt like there was a way to find balance in it. And then, Mm -hmm. and then on, on the other hand, I also wanted to push against this narrative that like travel is just this like, amazing beautiful thing that has no financial Mm -hmm. consequences like I was also just like sick of seeing (laughs) travel influencers just like dupe people right like have all these beautiful photos and talk about travel Mm -hmm. but then not talk about the fact that like they are sponsored and they are getting all of these brand deals and they're getting paid to travel Mm -hmm. and if you were just a regular person trying to do this it would cost you thousands of dollars well how can you afford that how can you manage that right so that was really like the impetus of finance was just like I wanted to talk about these things and then, you know, and, and then as I grew as a creator and my community grew, I had to pivot. I had to pivot because I, I yeah. felt like there were many people in my community that were just like, I want to take advantage of the things that you're saying, but I literally don't make enough money. I and it dawned money. on yeah. me. I need to make <laughs> you know, money. Dawned, I, I need to make money. It dawned on me that like, okay, I haven't been truly transparent about mm-hmm. how it is that I'm able to do all the things that I'm doing. It's because of my nine to five and guess another light bulb went off where I was like, wait, no one's really talking about this. Yes. No one's really talking about that series of events. I I relate so much to what you're saying now. Like when I started my personal account, I was, I, my first thing was to talk about like how I lost weight and my weight journey and like my Mm -hmm. health journey and stuff. And as I like started creating content about it, I was like, wait, like, I wouldn't have had any of this if I hadn't gone through my financial journey, which helped me, you know, mitigate a lot of stress. And so I was like, let's talk about that. And then when I started talking about that, people were like, wait, how did you make this much money? I didn't know you could make that much money. And then I was like, wait, (laughs) pay transparency. It's a series of events. And we're so grateful for it. (laughs) Yeah. No, so definitely, that's awesome. definitely. So how'd you pivot? Like now you started talking about six figures and money yeah. and growing. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like, well, no, let's be honest. I started making content about <laughs> nine to five, started making content about how much money I was making. Mm-hmm. And it was just going, it was, it was blowing up. Like it was yeah. just going so viral. I couldn't, I like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know like what was happening. I mean, that's my it's 2022 story. It was kind of like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I built a, a great size community. Things were working well for me, but yeah. it was kind of like, okay, huh? Where's the moment I start talking about nine to fives, 10,000 people sign up for my email list and just like 
Like it just, it's over. It's an overwhelming amount of people. I mean, I literally doubled yeah. my, I literally doubled my Instagram following in one month, just making reels That's about amazing. like, here's how to make more money in your nine to five. So I was kind of like, oh, this is my thing. Like I finally yeah. found like my market fit where I'm just like, the oh, niche. this is what people really kind of care about from mm-hmm. me. That's not to say they didn't care about the other stuff, but like no. clearly I this I am. I'm adding value in a, in, in a really clear, measurable way here. Mm-hmm. So um, that was kind of my pivot. It was a lot of, again, testing and learning. I think I am, again, very grateful that I had pivoted into a job that was a little bit more low-key, but also I was making more money so I could yeah. outsource things and delegate mm-hmm. things and get help that I needed to be able to scale quickly. And I'll be honest, I also invested in people that knew more than me about yeah. how to actually, like, show up the right way as a brand, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone listening to think that I had all of this shit figured out. Like, <laughs> to your point, Hannah, all I have is the passion. I have the passion yeah. and I have the ideas. But like, I have to lean on people that like, know about how to market and scale because at that point, it's like, oh, this is a bit like this is a business now. Like, this is not like yeah. a hobby. This is like something that can really help people. I'm really solving a problem here. So I need to show up the right way. Like I need to like show up as a business owner and and as a brand that I want people taking seriously. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I actually do have experience. I do have expertise (laughs) on this. Like I am that girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am am that girl. And and then, you know, things just kind of flowed to me. I think it was also, I think I was also, as I talked about nine to fives, responding to a lot of what I felt like we were being hit over the head with in 2020 and 2021 they're like oh mm-hmm. if you're working a nine to five you're an idiot and yeah. it's all about entrepreneurship and get these mm-hmm. pp loans and i i feel like <laughs> i wanted to push against that narrative that like yeah. the only way to build wealth is through entrepreneurship but what is not you know often said is a lot of people who are now millionaire entrepreneurs started in their nine to five being intentional Literally. about how they were using their nine to five money right so yeah you know I, I think i also wanted to create space for women like me i mean that we know that the median the median the median earnings for a single black woman in the united states are only fifty six thousand dollars so i yeah, think it was also important for me than... to try to understand like, okay, what can I do to also speak to women that look like me to say, Mm -hmm. our skills are worth more. This is how much more our skills are worth. And this is how we can be strategic about getting there and not just getting left behind in terms of the pay and skills gap. Yeah, absolutely. I think that nine to fives do get some crap, you know, with the whole like, yeah. you don't even make any money, you're always going to work for the man. But you know, sometimes it's important to strategically leverage those nine to fives to reach yes. our goals, you know, and yes. that sometimes that paycheck, even if we don't like the job can be so important to get you to that next step. Like I know we yeah. didn't, I, me and my fiance, we didn't quit our jobs until like two or three weeks after starting STS. But I wanted to quit months before when I was already doing my other thing. But yeah. I was like, I don't have consistent income there yet. You know, right. I I knew how much I needed to survive. And I was like, I'm not there yet, but one day I will be. And then we had STS and I was like, screw this. I'm taking the risk. Like yes. <laughs> we're going all in. Yes. But I knew, I, you know, at that point I knew how the business worked. I, yeah. I had been analyzing other creators, like how are they making money? How are they making, you know, this life work for them? And so yeah. it's not a shot in the dark decision. It's something that takes a lot of strategy and thinking and you have to be thinking ahead already. 
One thing I saw recently, I hope you don't mind me asking you about it. I saw you talk about your layoff on social media. Is it okay if I ask you about that? Please. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I I saw that you were laid off, and I'm so sorry about that, first and foremost, but I'm also not sorry for you because <laughs> in 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 the kindest most respectful way Sania I'm in the most so loving way in, I'm not in sorry the most for you at all loving way I'm so stoked for you I feel like you, you are about to step into this new like identity this new energy this new life that has just been waiting for you like with wide open yeah. arms and I'm just so stoked for you so Thank can you, you so talk much. about of course yeah can you talk about like what that experience was like you know a lot of yeah. people are going through layoffs right now there's a yeah. lot of tension in the air how did you navigate it how have you been taking care of yourself in that time I was not shocked when I got laid off my role that I was working at PayPal was in a really weird place just within my organization. I could see the writing on the wall that was kind of like, "Mm, they don't really know what to do with me. (laughs) And and that's always a vulnerable place to be in. I think when you really start to feel like "Mm, I'm actually not on as many of the important conversations, or I feel like I'm always getting looped into things late, that could be a sign that like you're, you're not aligned with the most like high value impactful work on your team. And that's a vulnerable place to be in. And that's the place that I was in. So I knew that even at the end of 2022, like, okay, I need to like network my way in. But, you know, unfortunately, I just ran out of time. I will say that, you know, some of the things I was doing financially in preparation, because I kind of had a feeling something was going to happen to my job was Mm -hmm. really just being intentional with my spending. I was beefing up my savings. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, also trying to like, make more money with finance like you know like can I launch another product like what am I kind of like sitting on that I haven't launched yet like what could I be doing to just really optimize and just bring more income into my business all those things I was thinking and doing at the end of 2022 so kind of like when it happened funny enough I was in Turks and Caicos (laughs) I was on vacation (laughs) of course to be (laughs) the resident nine-to-five hottie is like yeah I'm on PTO so it's like my manager don't bother me yeah my manager was texting me and we never texted saying like, oh, frantically, I need you to join this business update. I was like, okay, it's, this is happening. Time it's today. Happening. I'm getting laid off. Yeah. Um, and you know, like there obviously definitely were those feelings of like shame and guilt and like feeling yeah. rejected. But I think the one thing that I felt to your point, Hannah, like was relief because mm-hmm. looking back on 2022, I am honestly amazed that I did that. Like, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I worked, did that. Right. I do not know how I worked 40 hours a week. And I was also, you know, showing up for finance as much as I did. So I think I was relieved with the idea that like, oh my God, I won't have to split my time for some time. Like I won't have to split my Mm -hmm. energy for some time. Um, and I'll be able to really focus and, and see what can happen to your point of like, what does it look like for me to give my full capacity to this, um, to something that I find really fulfilling and I'm really passionate about, but like, I still feel like it's a little, it's hard for me to accept. Scary. It's scary. It's hard for me to accept and claim full-time entrepreneurship. It's still something I'm teetering with, but I will say, I think the universe showed me almost immediately after I was laid off that I was on the right path. Like just Mm -hmm. so many opportunities came and flowed to me like with ease Mm -hmm. in February that Mm -hmm. I was kind of taken aback to say like, oh my God, like it almost felt like one door had closed so that many more could open. 
So, you know, at this point, I am in really good spirits. I feel like mm-hmm. I've just been spending time resting, reflecting, I think letting my mind really like run wild in terms of like, what do I want to do? Like just really bringing excitement into my life in terms of like, what are the things I want to do? What are the hobbies that I feel like I haven't been able to do because I've been working essentially two jobs for the past year. Um, Just like making space for that, making space for travel, making space for Mm -hmm. spending more time with friends and family. I feel like those are the things that I've been doing to take care of myself. And I'll be honest, I am not fully against returning to a traditional nine to five, but Mm -hmm. I want to give myself some time now to just kind of like, See what it's happens. See what it's happens. Like your summer and... break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm calling yeah. my summer my extended summer vacation. So I don't plan to exactly. go back to a full time job during the summer, but like by the fall, uh-huh. I might be open to it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, those yeah. skills that you earned in corporate America and like your career are not going yeah. anywhere. If anything, you're no, still able to put what you've learned into your business. You know, like yep. I, sometimes I tell people like the layoffs. Yeah, they're scary. They're incredibly stressful, especially if you don't have something to back you up on. But your career didn't vanish with that layoff. You know, it's just an opportunity for you now to go find another great opportunity at another company, maybe something that's more aligned with what you really want to do or some new skills you want to learn. Like, and especially if you have that network, like definitely leverage it. There's so many opportunities out there and the economy will always, you know, if it goes down, it goes back up. So those jobs will come back. Absolutely. (laughs) How is financed now? Like, what is your plan? What does your revenue also look like now? Like, what are you taking home? Do you want to, do you mind sharing a little bit about that and like how you make money as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So right now, um, Flynance is doing really well. <laughs> I know. Flynance is doing really well. <laughs> it's doing amazing. I recently filed my taxes, so I will just be transparent scary. that, um, uh, yeah, that is a little bit scary. because Yeah. I, I let my accountant money. do it. I was like, don't tell me. Yes. Don't show Shout me. Out to, <laughs> just shout go out do to it, my accountant please. and CPA because- <laughs> Yeah. She also does my bookkeeping. So I'm just like, okay, I know that I'm good. So yeah, for for context in 2022, I made a little over $150,000 in top line revenue from finance. And I brought home about 60 of that. I mean, I did the most. That's huge. Yeah, I did the most in 2022. Like I tried Mm -hmm. to put I put on not tried to I put on an international (laughs) summit. I was rebranding. I was just like spending a lot of money. So, you know. Yeah. But right now, I feel like I'm still like in that place where I'm just like, you know, still figuring out my cash flow. I will say as it relates to getting laid off, I did receive a severance Mm -hmm. package. So, you know, I don't feel like super pressured to just like live off Mm -hmm. of the money right now that I'm making for finance. I think my goal would be to Mm -hmm. actually put the money that I'm taking home from finance and put it into an individual retirement account specific for my business. Yeah. Like that's something I'm thinking about. It's just like, okay, mm-hmm. how can I also use my business to continue my wealth up. building journey? Cause it's all aligned, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. In terms of how I make money, um, I make a, I actually make the biggest chunk of my money right now through brand partnerships, like mm-hmm. for sponsored Same. posts on yeah, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, and now LinkedIn, that's becoming a thing. And then like the next big chunk of my revenue comes from my digital courses, masterclass mm-hmm. sales, and coaching. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that I'm mm-hmm. focused on this year in terms of optimizing and making sure more of my community knows that these resources are available to them if and when yeah. they need them. Yeah, I would say that those are the main things. I mean, like I definitely get income. Mm-hmm. Like 
I was getting paid from Instagram with like the reels program that they were doing yeah. or random like it's affiliate links that I would have live. Yeah, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, I would say those are my main things. I feel like my main thing, nice. my main focus right now is just really, I think, continuing to show up for my community in ways that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about this year mm-hmm. in terms of launching is I want to be able to work with more people one on one. There's so many people yeah. that I want to just be able to, like, help them make the transformations they need to grow their six figure income. So I want to mm-hmm. do more of that. And I also want to create my own community because I feel like. Love it. It's hard to really build connections on social media. So mm-hmm. I want a place where I feel like the nine to five hotties, we can come together, create forums, mm-hmm. learn together, share resources, and really feel like there's a space where, you know, we can connect, learn, Mingle. grow, and hold each other yeah. accountable. Yeah. That's more yeah. than just like the comments of Instagram reels. So those are kind of the things that are like on like on the roadmap for me. Water cooler <laughs> accountability. Yeah. Cooler. <laughs> okay, and that's so funny that you said water cooler because I had literally not said that to anyone. And water cooler was like in my mind where it's just like, is this nine Ooh. to five hottie water cooler talk? Like something like I that. We're just it. like Yeah, that's so funny. Okay. I love that. So we'll, I gotta we'll something something's got happening some there. Yeah, let's brainstorm. <laughs> let's brainstorm. Um I so yeah, this. that's kind of like that's kind of like what I'm focused on. And, you know, um, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I would love to end this on a note where you can really share to our listeners, whether it's something related to layoffs or job hopping, what is something that you feel has been really integral to success in your career that you would share to anyone listening who is maybe struggling to figure it out, maybe wants to make more money, just give us your wisdom. Yes. Oh my God. And this was a message that was like, I couldn't go to sleep because like this idea kept popping in my head last night. Yeah. But something I want everyone to do is I want you to do an exercise where you're really challenging. If the limiting beliefs that you have around the money you can make around how far Mm -hmm. you can take your career, if they are rooted in truth or if they are just negative Nancy thoughts that does that no longer serve us, right? So a quick exercise you can do, set a timer for 15 minutes and just brain dump, mm-hmm. write out any doubt, any hesitation, any fear you have around your job, around a career change, around making more money, around job hopping, around doing any of the things that we talked about in this episode, brain mm-hmm. dump that. Once the timer goes off, go do something else. Go watch some TV, go take a <laughs> walk, go make a meal, go call a friend. And then I want you to come back to that list and really ask yourself, how many of these things are rooted in truth? Because I feel like there are so many of us that it's not like we don't know what we need to do to get a job, right? We all more or less know, right? You got to update your resume, talk to some people, apply and get hired, right? Mm -hmm. But for many of us, we are not even willing to take those steps because we have told ourselves these limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. that we're not deserving. We're not capable. Our skills aren't going to translate. No one's going to hire us. And there could be things that people have told us that aren't true. They also could just be things that we've told ourselves. But I think Mm -hmm. that, especially as a young woman, especially as a young woman of color, I think facing those limiting beliefs is going to be critical to your success in growing your income, growing your voice online, growing your Mm -hmm. career. At every point, you advocating for yourself is going to elicit negative thoughts. It's going to elicit negative feedback. It might even elicit some trolls here and there, right? Yeah. (laughs) But when you're grounded in like, okay, these limiting beliefs that might pop up, okay, I can feel the feels and then I'm going to move on because I know that they don't serve me and I know that they're not true. 
I think that that has taken me so much further than anything else, right? Like limiting beliefs popped up when I had this idea for finance. Limiting beliefs popped up before and every time I've job top, when I've negotiated for more money. And I was just like, no, you guys owe me, you owe to pay me $30,000 more, right? Like yeah. it doesn't necessarily get easier, but I think that the more that I remind myself like, okay, that's not rooted in truth. No one's told me that I am unhirable. Why am I telling myself that? Let me yeah. release that and go after what I deserve. That That's what I would leave you with. I love that. I'm literally going to do that as soon as this call ends because I need to literally my, my system. Come on. Too. As entrepreneurs, <laughs> I feel like we're hit with it all the time. Like it all never gets easier it, all the time. It never gets easier. But I think if we can just get into a habit of being able to put some space between like, okay, that's a negative thought. Like mm, I just don't have to make space for it today. I'm going to do it in spite of, right? I, I, I think that's critical to finding success because I think once you have that, that confidence to say, oh, wait, actually, none of that's true. Now that's I can true. put into work all the things that, you know, we've talked about. Yeah. It's like, ad, like recognizing it and then just releasing it, just being like, okay, yeah. bye. Thank you. Thanks for your presence. <laughs> See you never. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing, Samia. Where can people find you? Because I know people listening are going to be like, where the heck is she? I need her. I need her in my yes. life. Where can people find you? <laughs> yes. This was so amazing. You can find me on Instagram at fly.nance. That's F-L-Y dot N-A-N-C-E-D. I'm Flynance everywhere else. Flynance.com is my website where you can learn more about me and ways that we can work together. And I'm excited. Let me know that you heard me here. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Sunia. Thanks so much for your time and for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Hannah. We got to do this again and in real life. Like this was so fun. In real life. Oh my gosh. And a DMV girly. Oh my God. We're making it happen. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into the Let's Get Coffee podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for helpful information and links we mentioned on the show. And if you need more career resources, you can find plenty on our website. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch you next week with another episode. Thanks. Bye.